Welcome to Lanoe, where we explore the side of Louisiana most don't know about, northern Louisiana. I'm your host, Jacqueline, an Air Force veteran and journalist who has made it my mission to tell the stories that have mostly gone under the radar. On this episode, I'll be taking you to a campfire just outside of Goose Creek, Louisiana, where we'll be talking to two fine gentlemen, Roy O'Neill, a Bossier City resident who was born in New Orleans and raised in Delhi, Louisiana, and Marshall Kelly, a Shreveport resident who was raised in Sabine Parish at the Louisiana end of Toledo Dam. The two have plenty to say about what it was like to be little kids when Earl Long and others in the Long family were still powerful forces to be reckoned with in Louisiana politics. Roy and Marshall are about to take us all back in time to a place where political rallies included tap dancers and bands. And we'll even talk about a prohibitionist Marshall who was more than willing to throw Earl Long in jail for sipping on a little bit more than water. We'll also learn of medicine shows that made a Louisiana politician rich. This podcast is going to take you back to a time when Louisiana had openly crooked politicians. Now we call those the good old days. <laughs> well, uh, the early the, the politicians years ago used to they, they weren't on television. They were not on radio very much. They actually went around the state. Most of the times they would have a public address system with them because not many little towns had those that were available. So a lot of times they would have a van or a, weren't, weren't vans back then, I'm trying to think what they called them, but anyhow, they'd go around and they'd have a, a speaker system on them. Mm-hmm. public address system on them, and they'd be going around announcing that uh, whatever the politician's name was was coming to town, and they'd have a big rally. they usually try to have them on Saturday when a lot of people would be in town because, you know, back back in those days, people didn't come to town every day. They just, the people that lived out, farmers and all that, came to town only on Saturdays. And that's when they would come in and do most of the shopping. So that's when the politicians would like to have their rallies. And they would come in and they'd have, a lot of times they'd have a band with them. Or they would, uh, like Earl Long, I remember one time he came to Delhi and he had uh, two black two black dancers, tap dancers with him. And they would put on a big show, tap dancing show and and uh, you know, and everybody'd get excited, and then they would, then Earl would give his speech. One of the things he would do, that I'd seen him do before, he would he would he would have a lot like a lot of coins, mostly nickels, in his with him, and he would and there'd be a lot of kids out there because everybody would come to town to see it. It was like a big show, and so he would take those coins and just throw them out into the into the crowd. Really, and all the little kids like me <laughs> would scramble around trying to get some of those some of those coins that they were throwing out for everybody. And what could a nickel buy you in that moment? Oh, a lot. Really? Oh yeah, you could buy you could buy a lot of stuff for a nickel. Mm-hmm. A dollar back seventy nine then. Uh, Mars bar for instance. Mm-hmm. You could yeah. buy a candy bar for a nickel back oh, yeah. then. The kind that you get for about a dollar seventy nine. Peanut peanut butter logs. 
were about three times as big as they are now. What? And they were, they were uh, a nickel, a penny a piece. Whoa. About that, about probably four or five inches long. Really? You know, now they're like about like that. They still make them. Mm-hmm. They look just like it, except they're just shrunk. And so you could buy those. Those were a penny a piece. You could so buy you them. could go buy five of those with a nickel. That's right. And he, so he's throwing out, to throw out just handfuls of nickels, he's throwing out a lot of money back That's then. That's right. He did. Wow. He did. And about what what years are we talking here? About what time period? Well, uh, I was born in 1938, so that would have probably been uh, 45, 46, and forward. Wow. So that was quite a show. Tap dancers, throwing out nickels, kids scrambling. Where, I mean, did you Yeah, guys... I remember. It, we, I remember this. I was, in fact, I was, I was telling Marshall about it. He came to Dell out one time, and and uh, Bill Dodd was running against him, or he was running against Bill Dodd. And I never will forget it that Earl he got up there and he had on suspenders, and he took his thumbs to put them in his suspenders and pull them out as far as he could, and let go of them. And he said, "I got as much snap in my suspenders as Big Bad Bill Dodd." <laughs> and of course, the crowd went crazy. There were people live there that would not vote in an election unless there was a long running. Really? Oh, yeah. And why is that? Just because they believe so much in what the longs are going to do for the state. Because they have They learned. believe that if there was not a long in the governor's office, that their old age pensions would go away. Really? They had loved Huey P. Long that much? Well, yeah, Huey P. Long, I, I don't, I don't, didn't know as much about Huey P. Long because mm-hmm. he was gone. Mm-hmm. You know, but uh, he, they were all along. The whole Long family was very popular politically in the state. Mm. Uh, I was at LSU when Earl Long. Earl Long had a friend. Her name was Blaze Starr. So you might imagine what she did. <laughs> Uh, she entertained people for a living, but <laughs> but uh, I remember that when she came down there and 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 they were up on a, on a they used to come and be on a flatbed truck. And this was in night probably 1957, I guess it was. And anyhow, she, she came down there and they had a little problem, and they actually threw Blaze. Some of the students actually threw Blaze Star in a in a lake there right by LSU. What? Yeah. So I didn't hear that part about a blaze star, but ask who she was and what it, what's the rest of you said? It, well, they, they, they threw her in the lake. They threw her in the lake? Mm-hmm. That's scandalous. What about you, Marshall? Do you remember anything about the, the Longs? Well, the first thing about the Longs, of course, Huey died a year or two before I was born, so I don't actually remember him in person. Mm-hmm. But his thing was a... a chicken in every pot or something like that. Nobody should make more than $5,000 a year, period, no matter who you were. And he so sold people, though, and on getting an old age pension, that was, for years, that was the heart of any governor's race was 
how much old age pension he was going to get for people. Mm -hmm. But from the time of Huey Long on up through Gillis Long and who was another one of those? Uh, well, I can't say the other one's name now. But virtually, if you were along and run for a political office, you was just about 100% assured of winning. What? And that's just how popular, up, up until about 1960-something or other, somewhere along in there. And uh, that's what I remember of him. But I had a story I wanted to tell. He was talking about how the politicians went around in an 18-wheeler flatbed and set up their sound system if they had one or if they didn't just be on the thing and do their speech, that was their stage. And they would uh, tell, make all their promises and on down the line. As he said, the town be full of people because the farmers come in on Saturdays. But uh, he come into Zawali Zawali's down. Do you know where Zawali is? I do. Okay. And that town was dry for many years. No liquor, no alcohol in it. <clears throat> and they had a marshal down there for years that was literally almost unbelievable. Uh, walking tall was no comparison. And they said that he would take five drunk Mexicans on at one time and whip them all and throw them out in the street. But there was no toleration for liquor. So Earl come through and he had his flatbed parked there and he would have his men every few minutes would bring him a glass of water. Bring him a glass of water. And after a while, Quentin Brandon was the guy, the marshal's name. He says, let me see one of them glasses of water. Oh no. And he took it and sniffed it and he looked at Earl and he said, you've got five minutes to be out of the city limits. And he said, what do you mean? I'm Earl Long. He said, I mean, you've got five minutes to be out of the city limit or you'll be in our jailhouse. And they said Earl Long got his truck together and was gone. Oh, my gosh. And what was in that glass? Huh? What was in that glass? What was it, vodka or it was something? Probably vodka. I don't know. It was some sort of alcohol. <laughs> But uh, there was a lot of things through there and on up in the Blaze Star years. I should remember more of that than I do, but it was uh, when that was wild. I mean, he just went berserk. Well, he had some mental problems come along about that time. Mm -hmm. But that's about all I can think of to add to that right now. I'll think of something else. So, I mean, do y'all think that the Longs really did make a positive difference in Louisiana? They were criminals. <laughs> well, it'd probably be like, I don't know how, I, won't, I don't know enough about it to say whether they make a positive difference what? because uh, as a kid, and I don't know why I was uh, paying much attention to politics, but I was never alone was not my choice. Maybe I was rebelling from the idea that everybody's voting for them because they're longs, not because of anything else. Right. But I remember uh, one time Bob Kennan run, and I was hoping that he would win. Of course, I wasn't old enough to vote. 
And uh, then let's see who else will. But I don't know. They promised the big thing then was how much old age pension you're going to give us. And so we're going to get, it's going to get $50 a month here. That's what most of them be sure. And if he gets elected, he's going to take that away from us. And here we went. And we did not have consideration really for Democrats and Republicans. Mm -hmm. you, if you were in Louisiana, well, even at that time, if you were registered as a Republican, you, didn't get to vote. you could not vote in anything except the general election, I've which was that. just a hands down. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so uh, it was just strictly, <clears throat> I mean, if you took 10,000 people here, well, 9,900 and whatever of them would have been Democrats. Right. So you just didn't have anything else. But as far as whether Long's really done any good, I can't say. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that the, I think that I think the Longs were they were smart politicians mm -hmm. because what they did was they did things that people could see. Mm -hmm. uh, they built roads. Mm -hmm. They built bridges. You drive around Louisiana, you're gonna see Long Allen bridges. Yeah. Allen was one of the guys that. Uh, got elected when the Longs couldn't run, mm -hmm. but he was, they were still running the show. Mm -hmm. But uh, that's that's what, what they did, and like the old age pension, they did things that people could see, uh, and so they were, people would be looking at that and not looking at what else, what they were stealing, mm -hmm. or whatever else they may be doing. Mm -hmm. So I guess in, in a way they did do some good for the state. Uh, they they certainly built the highway system up, mm -hmm. you know, um, that we have. <laughs> In fact, I, it may be still, maybe that's what's wrong with it now. It may not have anything done to it since then. <laughs> but, um, so they, they were smart. They were really smart politicians. Mm -hmm. One, aren't they the one, they've got the... Uh, the bridge there, Texas Street Bridge and That's a Long Island, the Texas Long Street Island Bridge and Seaport. Yeah. And we're not, didn't they build a, a one or two or more Mississippi River bridges? Yes, they did. I can't tell you, but mm -hmm. I think they did build some Mississippi River bridges. And then Jimmy Davis built some bridges that didn't go anywhere. That's the hilarious when politics they, when of they built them. <laughs> there wasn't any roads. They built a road. They built a, they built a, a bridge across the Mississippi River that wasn't a road on either end of it. Oh my gosh, I didn't know about well, that. Well, they are now, but I mean, when <laughs> I they built them, they that were. bridge. I went across that bridge. You go across the bridge and a little loop at the end of it, and you turn around and come back across. Right. Is that why we have that saying, we'll cross that bridge when we get there? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's it. Let me give you a little background information on Earl Long, which I found on one of my favorite websites in the universe, 64parishes.org. In an article written by Keith Finley, we learned that Earl was governor of Louisiana on three separate occasions, 1939 to 1940, 1948 to 1952, and 1956 to 1960. He was affectionately known as Uncle Earl and was born and raised in Wynn Parish, just like his big brother, Huey P. 
Earl passed the bar exam in 1926 and opened a private practice as a lawyer in New Orleans. But when his brother Huey P. Long ran for governor, Earl was there for him as Huey P.'s primary advisor. Huey would be assassinated, of course, but Earl would spend many a year as governor of Louisiana in his stead. The people of Louisiana loved the Longs, but that's not all the people of Louisiana loved. They also loved their liquor, particularly when it could be hidden in a prescription bottle and sold by a politician who could offer the citizens of Louisiana a traveling show of epic proportions. Back to the campfire in Goose Creek we go, where Roy and Marshall will tell you the story of how to call. Y'all aren't going to believe this one. Nearly everybody in the state kept had a call on hand and took it. And if I remember right, I think you took about a half a glass or a third of a glass at a dose three times a day. And it cured everything. It cured rheumatism. It cured anything that made you feel bad. It cured it. Did it really work? It worked. It worked really fast because it was, it was actually some vitamins. But it was but, but, the, but it was big. Yeah, it was basically alcohol. It was basically basically an alcoholic drink. Was this during prohibition? Huh? Was this and during it, the days of prohibition? No. No, it oh, wasn't. No, no. <laughs> no, no, it was just, a, and, and he he sold it all over the state. Now they had a big, they had big show, big show too. Mm-hmm. Had a call show. They had to have a had a call shows. To get in them, you had to have a had a call box top. What? <laughs> a box top off of a had a call where you bought had a call. You took the box top and you could get into their into their show that they had. What? Yeah, and uh, and. They, 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 they used the, the thing was they said, well, how did they get the name? And they said would say, well, they had to call it this something. This is true. Uh oh, are you serious? And I'll tell you this, they also they had a song. They wrote a song about it. It was called the Had to Call Boogie. What? The Had to Call Boogie, and uh, one of the verses, the only one I can really remember about it, was they would always play it when they were, you know, at their show. But one of one of the lines of it, or verses, was, um, it took a it took a a pot-bellied woman and a bow-legged man to do the boogie woogie on a sardine can. To do the had a call boogie, and now I can remember that line. So I remember of it. Oh my God! Roy, I had forgot about that. Oh yeah, had a call boogie. I had forgot about that. I'm going to find that song. I'm going to find that song. That is now. They had a call, oh yeah, it was big. If you ever go into, I remember they had. I remember they had. I remember they had a big had a call show in Monroe. You could probably go in Boudreaux's. I couldn't think of her name. One of Boudreaux's compounding pharmacy. Pharmacy, yeah, in Shreveport. And go in there and ask them about the Hadicol. They'd probably show you the containers that it come in because uh, I don't know what that lady's name is, but she loves to talk about the Hadicol. Really? And uh, I think she's one of the Boudreaux offspring, I think. But anyhow... She likes to talk about the head of coal. And was this stuff just sold here in Louisiana, or was it all over the country? 
Was it just a Louisiana medicine? Yeah, well, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I don't either because things we didn't I'd, have. I would find then. it. I would find it. I'd find it very hard to believe or interesting if it was only sold in Louisiana. It's possible it could only be was only sold in Louisiana because they couldn't get it approved anywhere else right. to sell. I don't know. I've got. A, in fact, I'm gonna have to look when I get home. I've got a bottle of something that was kind of the follower of Had a Call. I can't remember what the stuff is called. I'm gonna look when I get home. But uh, it was it was very similar. A very similar product. Now, I will back up on something I said a while ago, that it was 70% alcohol. Uh -huh. That's what I was always told, that it was 70%. Right. But in looking at the box that uh, the Boudreaux's had there, mm -hmm. I don't remember it. I don't remember what it said it was, but it didn't have... It wasn't 70% listed on the box. Right. So, I don't know, but that's what the whole community said yeah, and that, that's probably what it was something along yeah. those lines <laughs> and i always said that's the reason it did so much good you know you drank you drank <laughs> about a pint of alcohol a day you probably <laughs> and the, the interesting thing about it was is that that you know you know alcohol alcoholic beverages the alcohol content is is listed as proof mm-hmm which is very different from percentage, as you probably well know. Right. Well, the right. proof is is um, double. 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 In other That's words, right. if it's a hundred, hundred proof, it's fifty percent. Huh? Hundred proof is fifty percent. Hundred proof is fifty percent. Yeah. Okay. I did not know that's how that worked. Yep. Well, well, thank you for telling us about Ad how to call. Is there any way I can get you two to sing me the song? Anybody to do what? Is there any way I can get you two to sing me that song? I can't remember enough of it. Besides, it wouldn't come well, out. I, that's, all, that's the only part of it I know. I, I can't remember. I can't remember that. But I know that. I know that. I know that they used to play it when they would come. If they would come to your town and uh, put on a like kind of like a street show when they when they really started really promoting the product. They would do that song, and they would do, I don't know how many verses, they had a lot of them. So what would they have at the street show? What would a street show for How to Call be like? Oh, they would have a, like a, almost a band, kind of like a Dixieland band. Yeah. And then they would usually have some, some uh, normally they would be, they would be like Earl Longhead. They would be, uh, I guess we'd say African-American mm -hmm. dancers today. Really? Tap dancers. So is that a, you know, you don't see very many tap dancers anymore. So is that a normal thing back then if they're trying to promote something? Yeah, they'd have yeah. African-American tap dancers, and then they'd have a band? That was just kind of the normal yeah. things? Would... Yeah, that, they would do that. Wow, I had no idea. you got to remember that we didn't have any television. Dudley LeBlanc was the inventor of How to Call. He ran for governor of Louisiana in 1932, 1944, and 1952, and he lost each time. But he was elected as a Louisiana state senator on multiple occasions. Dudley made millions of dollars selling Had a Call, short for Happy Day Company, with an L added at the end for LeBlanc. 
The medicine made bogus claims to cure all sorts of ailments and was known to pay people for their outlandish testimonials. When Groucho Marx asked LeBlanc what Had a Call was good for on the show You Bet Your Life, LeBlanc had a delightfully honest answer. It was good for about five and a half million dollars for me last year, he said. As promised, I did search for and find a copy of the Had a Call Boogie for my friends Roy and Marshall. Y'all are going to get a kick out of this one. Can you believe this song is the PR scheme of a businessman turned Louisiana politician? Down in Louisiana in the bright sunshine, they do a little boogie woogie all the time. They do the had a call boogie. Had a call boogie. The had a call boogie. Had a call boogie. The had a call boogie makes you boogie woogie all the time. Standing on the corner with a bottle in my hand, and up stepped the mama said, My had a call man, she done the had a call boogie. Had a call boogie. The had a call boogie. Had a call boogie. The had a call boogie makes you boogie woogie all the time. I went down to the farm to rest about a week, but the farmer's wife, she got to walking in her sleep. She done the had a call boogie. Had a call boogie. The had a call boogie. Had a call boogie. The had a call boogie makes you boogie woogie all the time. If your radiator and your motor stand still Give her a hattie call And watch your boogie up the hill She'll do the hattie call boogie Hattie call boogie The hattie call boogie Hattie call boogie The hattie call boogie Makes you boogie woogie all the time The rooster and the hen Standing in the shade The rooster done the boogie While the hen laid the egg You done the hattie call boogie Hattie call boogie The hattie call boogie Hattie call boogie The hattie call boogie Makes you boogie woogie all the time the other little chickens, they gathered around. They done the boogie woogie till the sun went down. They done the had a call boogie. The had a call boogie. The had a call boogie makes you boogie woogie all the podcast is a safe space where our elders in northern Louisiana can come to share their memories without feeling as if we will judge them. So if you or someone else in your community in northern Louisiana wants to reach out and share your memories, please don't hesitate to contact me. My email address is louisianajournalist at gmail.com. Also, if there's any idea that you have or some other way that you want to reach out and help, also don't hesitate to reach out because this is our history. This is our combined culture and all cultures, all races, all faiths, and all stories are welcome. This is our history and together we can record it.